We're here to talk music tonight with two of the main guys from Audio Feed Festival, Luke and Zach. Guys, great to have you with us. Yeah, great to be here. Good to be here. There's been a number of music festivals that have called it quits over the past few years. I mean, internationally, they had Parachute Festival in New Zealand. They had Flavo in Holland. It closed up. Ichthus Purple Door and, of course, Cornerstone finished in the States. Canada's got even a worse record. I don't think there's been a single Christian music festival that lasted past a single year. So I guess this is going to sound harsh, but are you guys nuts to stage Audio Feed Festival? No, I, I don't think so. Um, I thought so the first year. I thought that we were a little bit nuts. And last year I started to think so again as we got closer to the date. But, you know, I think we've gotten pretty comfortable with it. We know that there's a lot of risk involved. And, you know, it's sort of a passion project more than it is anything else. So, I mean, our heart's there. We want it to happen. It just sort of happens now. It's not as crazy as it was the first year. You brought up the point about passion. So was it passion that drove you to start a music festival? Um, I don't know. At the time that we started the festival, I, I didn't really want to do it. Um, because we had done a lot of music stuff. Me and Zach had done a lot of shows together. We were booking shows in the area. We had done some like mini festival sort of things in the past, usually based around Cornerstone. Um, we used to do like a, a hog roast where we would have a bunch of bands come play, a bunch of our friends and stuff. And um, I was ready to not do that anymore as it was getting to be one of those things that just kind of burned you out. And I don't know, it was more out of desperation that Cornerstone was gone and we didn't really have anywhere to go. And so since nobody else was stepping up, and it seemed like everything was kind of lining up for us to be involved and do that. We just did it. Well, it's obvious that Audio Feed's going to draw comparisons to Cornerstone. But is Audio Feed the reincarnation of Cornerstone, or you're trying to make it something different? Um, it's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, we don't lie to anybody and tell them that it's uh, for some other reason that we do the festival. I mean, we do the festival because we all love Cornerstone. Um, we bring bands that play to Cornerstone, bands that we love to see at Cornerstone. We bring them to the festival. Um, our festival's in Illinois, you know. I mean, it's drawing all those similarities because, I mean, that's what we love. And we still love Cornerstone. We still miss Cornerstone. We still wish we could go back to Cornerstone. Um, but we love audio feed, and, and we want it to be like that. We want it to have that same sort of feel where everybody is, is your brother and everybody's your friend and um, everybody's having a good time together, even if they don't like the same music. And... You know, we don't we don't mind being a reincarnation. We don't mind being something different. I mean, I think we have a different thing going on just because we're in a different spot. Location changes things quite a bit. But, I mean, we still want the same sort of creative atmosphere. It is sort of a cultural community, isn't it, and with music festivals? Yeah. There's there's all kinds of different, different culture. Um, there's stuff that I'm not as into. There's stuff Zach's into that is totally different. Then there's there's people that come that aren't into anything we're into and we still all become friends, you know, just because we're sort of surrounding that same culture. And there's really not a lot of places to find that culture, that, that feeling or that body, you know? So yeah, there's definitely an, its own little subculture going on. As much as, as we miss, you know, Cornerstone or the, the music aspect of Cornerstone, um, keeping like, you know, the family, the friends, the, the people, and just having that culture that used to, is an important thing to us, I think. Um, an important thing to the people that come to Audio Feed. Being able to see the people that they used to see and make new friends every year and kind of 
feel uh, at home with who they are, you know, in their real lives. They don't have that same cultural community that you're talking about. It's nice to give that opportunity to people. So it's really the gathering of the extended family. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people um, refer to it as, you know, family or or the audio feed family, and uh, it grows every year, which is really great. So, you know, new people are coming in and and feeling welcome, and, and it's just a good place to, you know, go back to inclusive community. Plus, I mean, half the people I know from Cornerstone are at the festival. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's pretty close to a family reunion. Me and Zach have both gone to Cornerstone for probably, probably 12 years or more. Um, so we were like raised there. You know, I, I started going when I was a kid. He started going when he was a kid. You know, so we, we know a lot of people from Cornerstone. And now that we have this festival, we see all of those people every year. Um, the difference being that we don't get to see them as long as we like to because instead of hanging out and enjoying the festival, <laughs> yeah. we're usually just working a lot. But it's still, make, it's still worth it for it's us, you know. It. We get to see our friends and they get to play their music and share what they're doing, share what's in their heart, and we make new friends. Yeah. It's pretty great. Well, Zach, I guess this really applies to you because you're the booking agent for the show. So I'd have to guess that really probably the most difficult thing for you is choosing a lineup for the festival. So what's the process for doing that? Well, uh, there's there's a good handful of us doing it, so it's, uh, it's not too big of a burden on any of us. But mostly, I think it all comes from personal, like our personal tastes are so yeah. different. We all bring different things to the festival, you know? Um you know, I might be looking at more like punk rock bands. Luke might be looking at some hip hop dudes and Jay or somebody else has these other contexts, you know. So we kind of all get our little niches in the bands we like and try to get who we want. And then uh, some other stuff falls into our lap. It's really not too big of a deal. Stuff usually just tends to work out pretty well. We're, we're pretty lucky in that aspect. So you've got people with different musical tastes then all involved in this. But Luke, you're the hip hop fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm a hip-hop fan. I don't bring too much no, hip-hop. Too much. Um, I mean, I would love to bring more. Mostly just like Spoken Nerd and uh, Last Year Eight Kid Dead there. And, and some people like that, you know, kind of indie hip-hop stuff. I'm more of the, uh, I guess, in the booking context, I'm really into a variety pack of music. You know, I was kind of raised listening to Christian music. So, you know, I grew up sort of a Daniel Amos and Lost Dog 77s fan. Yeah. So you've seen like... In the past, we've had the 77s, we've had Mike Rowe, we have Mike coming back this year. Uh, we've had the choir, Steve Taylor last year. Those were bands I was raised just loving like my whole life. And then I got into all kinds of other stuff. Um, Zach was a lot more into uh, punk rock stuff and, and some of the hardcore scene. And I'm not as familiar with that stuff. Same with, um, we have another guy, Kevin, who's run a hardcore punk venue uh, in our area for a long time. And uh, he brings in a lot of contacts, a lot of people. I mean, we have a pretty good network of booking people. You know, Zach and I sort of head up a lot of our contacts we both go into. We have a lot of the same friends. Um, So we kind of split it up and go for it and try to get it together. Um, I did a lot less booking this year and uh, really let these guys do their thing because they know a lot more of what's really popular now. And I just sort of finish it up on the other end. Well, I was looking at the list of some of the bands that you've got booked so far for Audio Feed this year. Would you consider yourself aiming the festival at bands that could be considered on the fringe or alternative artists? Yeah, yeah. The thing that Zach and I and Jim and, uh, and Jay and everybody have in common is that we all are really into like lots of indie alternative stuff. Um, you know, me and Zach, Jim, we're all big Soul on the Sun fans. 
we love like that whole style of music. And with us being in a college town, you know, we, we want to appeal to that college crowd, which is really into alternative style of music. So, you know, we, we are kind of going that direction a little more, but we've also filled up with a lot, a lot of hardcore and punk stuff. And I mean, last year, our most popular shows were the punk shows. And people are always saying that punk is dead, but the punk shows were packed. I would say that the punk, that the punk shows are the best shows. It's definitely not dead. I mean, Flatfoot 56 killed it last year. Um, I think they're going to kill it again this year. Um, they're, I mean, they're just a fan favorite and going through that whole thing. They kill every show. They kill every show. Every show. And, uh, it, you know, it's not, that's not always my favorite style of music, but I mean, I, I appreciate it, you know, so, uh, We've spread it out a little bit, but we have tried to lean towards some of the alternative stuff that we were kind of going towards in the past and we wanted to get more of in there and really pack out the whole scene. I mean, we kind of want there to be everything, you know, yeah. every style of music. Jim and, uh, and Jay and I, whenever we first started talking about the festival, you know, um, our goal was to create something that was appealing to every generation of Christian music fan or music fan in general. So if you had a you know, a 12 or 13 year old kid, or if you had a, you know, 60, 70 year old man, um, they would all have a good time. There's even a, a great pick of a guy, uh, of an older guy. He, uh, he's crowd surfing during the Flatfoot 56 show. <laughs> he's absolutely he's really awesome. I, I don't even know him, but I mean, I can just tell because he's crowd yeah. surfing during the Flatfoot 56 show that he's the coolest dude ever. He might be somebody's grandpa and whoever his grandpa is, they should appreciate. Pretty awesome. So mass appeal is sort of our, our whole, whole thing. And mostly because that's what we thought was cool about Cornerstone. You know, there was all these, like, you know, families. There was, like, kids and there was, you know, older folks. All kinds of people coming, and they were all having a good time. So we try to get music that appeals to everybody. It's basically the blueprint of, of everybody that's involved in the booking. There's the blueprint of bands that they love in there. And that just brings that variety. And like I said, you know, I mentioned we've got, you know, Jeff and Kevin and, and Jay and Jim are involved. There's other people that, that bring people. Uh, Key Young is one of the artists that plays, and he's been really involved in helping to bring in you know, new hardcore stuff that's been awesome like every year. Uh, we've had other people that, that just help or, or you know have good contacts or say, hey, I've seen this band, and they're really good. You know, We've just had tons of people doing that. And so it's kind of a group effort, and we just kind of keep our ear to the ground and try our best to get the bands that they want and the bands that, that we hear too that we think are great. And what about the lineup? Have you finalized that yet? Yeah, we've pretty much finalized the lineup. I mean, at this point, we still have, you know, five or ten slots. We still have a few things in the air with um, logistics, basically. Like, one of the biggest things for us is how much stage time do we have? Because we've averaged about 100 bands every year. Which is significant. It is. It's significant. It's awesome. But I mean, we've, we've mostly played out of three and a half stages. I say half stages because there's one stage, it's like an impromptu stage that we'll throw on a couple special shows, which is our front porch stage, and that's about half of a stage. It's not really an official stage in the sense that it doesn't have a schedule. And then, you know, we have three main stages, and you can only put so many bands on three stages over, you know, three and a half days. So it's hard to pick because there are actually tons of bands that we really like and tons of submissions that we get where we want to respond and say, man, we really like your band, but we don't know if we have room or we don't know if it's going to work. Um, or sometimes, you know, it's just like there's, there's honestly been a lot of people that want to play. And, and so many people that if we had stage room, we would put a lot of bands on the bill. Um, but one of our things too is that we don't, we don't have bands come and play for free very often. 
Um, I mean, there there might be a handful of smaller bands or maybe last minute bands that'll say, "Hey, we just want to come and play if we can get in the festival." I mean, we pay every band something, and uh, so I mean that sort of confines us too to 100, 120 bands, and we don't want bands coming in and paying to play the festival. I think that's that's really uncool. We, we both played in bands and we never enjoyed that. We want them to have a great experience because the bands have a great experience, and I think the audience has a great experience. We feed the bands. One of the main people that made this thing come together was our friend Linda Olson. Uh, the bands call her Mama Linda. And so she actually has an official like hospitality area where she feeds the bands two meals a day. And, and we just try to really take care of the bands. And Linda's a big part of that. Uh, she really she really has a heart to just take care of bands, help them out, you know, be there for them, whatever their needs are. And uh, we try to keep that as part of the heart of the festival. Well, who do you have scheduled to play this year then? Well, we've got a, we've got a pretty good list. I'm actually looking at the list right now. Um, it really depends on what what styles you're looking for. There's a lot of people that are coming back that have played in the past. You know, we've got Spoken Nerd coming back, Soul in the Sun that played uh, the first year in 2013. They're back with us this year. Uh, you mentioned Ray Hill earlier. They're back. Sean Michelle's back this year. Burlap to Cashmere's back again this year. Wow. Last year they actually played the uh, they played like the early day at the fest. Um, in that same group, we added Waterdeep. Um, they haven't played anywhere for a while that, that I've seen. Uh, Ember Days is, is coming in and playing. We've got Glenn Kaiser coming back. Levi the Poet's going to be there again. Grave Robbers. So we've got a lot of a lot of staples that have been there either every year or were at least with us in 2013 or with us in 2014. Um, we've got some new bands. We've got some bands that, that haven't played Audio Feed before. The Supertones are coming this year. Oh, That's yeah. pretty big. Yeah. It's like a dream. Yeah, it actually was. It was kind of one. Project. I can't believe we forgot it. <laughs> Zach, they got a hold of them. I've been working on them for a long time. He worked time. on them really hard for a long time. And then, you know, they said, okay, well, let's talk about it. Let's see if we can make it happen. And then we made it happen in the last like, week or two. Um, we've got quite a few more. I mean, we've got tons of punk stuff. The Scurvies, In Exile, uh, Flatfoot 56. You know, I'm looking... I'm looking at the list. It's, it's a pretty long list. <laughs> you know, it's almost better to pick a genre and, and let's go, you know. You're talking to a hardcore guy. Here we got My Epic. We got Jawbone. Take It Back. Uh, we've got War of Ages. The Burial. Blood and Ink is having a big presence this year, so they're bringing comrades, comrades in. Household. Tiger Wine, Dwell, Household. Household was a huge hit last year, so people that, that missed that, they, they get to see them again. And uh, they were they were relatively unknown at the time, it seemed like. And then everybody just blew up. Um, we actually have a band from Columbia. Uh, Exegesis. They're playing again this year. Let's see, Keep Quiet, Pour Out, Key Young's there, Upsetter, Lessons is there, which is some of the dudes from Children 18-3. Okay. They're really, they're really involved. Phineas is playing this year. Great band. Yeah, they're a great band. Silent Planet's playing this year. Best metal album of last year. Yeah, people people really love them. They've been really excited about that. We were pretty thrilled to yeah. uh, get them on board. The Orphan, the Poet is there. Strength and What Remains. So quite a few hardcore, heavy bands, punk bands. So you really do have a huge, significant lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our listeners have heard interviews and features on a number of these artists. Okay, here's a thought. If your dreams could come real, what's the one band that would be at the top of your list to appear at Audio Feed? 
This can be fantasy time, too. We're talking straight-up fantasy. My, like, dream. Two off the top of my head. I would love to see classic thrash metal band Vengeance Rising. Okay. Because that would be incredible for me. It'll never happen. That would be an impossibility. Impossibility, but we're, we're talking fantasy. Okay. The other one that's not quite as fantasy <laughs> would be if I got to see Squad 5 again. Because <laughs> I would just freak out. It would be so much fun. <laughs> Starfire 59. Starfire would be, would be pretty great. My biggest fantasy at this point, Steve Taylor was a big one for me. I, I never got to see Steve Taylor, and I've been a Steve Taylor fan my whole life. Oh, yeah. And he played last year, and, and it was such a surreal experience just meeting him. You know, like, even even the booking process, because he, like, called me on the phone while I was Christmas <laughs> shopping in Menards, which is, like, a, a big hardware store here. And I was like, no way, this is Steve Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you, but are you really you? Like, just a really out-of-body experience I feel like I was having. It was totally weird. Yeah. It's like childhood hero. I don't think anybody really expected Steve Taylor to come back and say, yeah, we're going to put out another album. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't expect it. And then, like, when some people said they sort of knew him and, and could get him to maybe be interested, I didn't actually expect him to call me, like, the same day. So, you know, it's just you're kind of hanging out, doing regular things, and then Steve Taylor calls you. Yeah, that totally, that totally changes your life. And I totally had that just, like, kid moment where I was like, man, I, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally a fanboy right now. So that was totally, that was, a, that was a huge one for me. Daniel Amos would be a big one. I'd love to see a Daniel Amos show happen. Um, and then maybe me and Zach have talked about this a lot, but a Rich Mullins hologram show would be sort yeah. of a dream show. Rich Mullins hologram. Would be I don't know how possible that is, but maybe one of your listeners has that equipment and wants to get a hold of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, some of those are dreams, but it's fun to talk about. I only dream in reality, so you know, I'm, all of my dreams are things I'm actually hoping for. This might be a reality question. What do you think about doing audio feed? Do you think it's just been a challenge, or has it been a success? It's been a challenge. Um, it's mostly been a challenge. It's been a success in a lot of ways. You know, It hasn't been like a huge financial success where we could say, oh man, we are doing so well, we're going to book all the bands we want next year. Uh, we're not at that point. But even then, it's been a success because it's meant so much to people, and it's meant so much to the bands, and it's been important to people's lives, and so that makes it a success to to me. Jim had texted me the other day, and uh, and Jim, you know, he's one of our main founders too. You know, he is so just headfirst involved in this thing. He actually lives in Champaign, and he's been the main contact to make all this come together. You know, he, he had told me the other day that he's been grappling with whether it's worth it and that sometimes he feels like it's hard. And I kind of agree with that. Sometimes, like, when you get into, like, some of these, like, final months um, or sometimes when you're working really hard at the festival itself, you just start to wonder, like, man, is all this work even worth it, you know? And, and you get kind of down or you can get a little discouraged sometimes. But... You know, then, you know, he kind of followed it up saying, I think we're doing something, though, and we're helping to keep this genre of independent music healthy. You know, if it was just doing it to keep the subculture and the independent music healthy in some sense, to keep it alive, I mean, that stuff got us through so much in our lives that we would do anything to do that. So I think overall, you know, it, it's a success to us. It's a what we really hoped it would accomplish. 
What about telling us about the dates for this year's audio feed and how people get tickets and where it is? Yeah. The uh, the festival, some people look at it and they look at the dates and they think, man, this festival is really long. Other people are like, man, this festival is really short. And really the festival is like three full days. And then we've got like half a day and a half a day on each side. So July 1st, we will have music that night as like an early access day. And um, people can pay like, you know, $5 extra thing and they can come in early. And that's July 1st. And we usually have just one stage open, handful of bands. And we usually have some bands that, you know, like last year, Burlap the Cashmere played the early day. We usually try to get some bands that either people don't know about and should or are really like something special so that the people who come early have something special. Um, and then the second, third, and fourth are the official like music days of the festival. Everything's running full steam. And that's all of July. And then on the 5th, we end audio feed in the morning. It's Sunday morning. We usually do like a community service. One of the artists will play worship. Um, I believe this year we're having Mike Stain from the Altar Boys is going to do the worship for the community service. And then we usually will have one of our speakers come and they'll share something or one of us will come and share something with, with the people that stayed and sort of just end it in an atmosphere of worship and prayer and, uh, you know, kind of having a good time. There's always that lingering feeling like you don't want it to be over. And so that's the morning you sort of see everybody you know and you kind of hug them and you're like, man, I can't wait to see you again next year kind of thing. So that's July 1st through 5th. And uh, you can get the tickets on our website at audiofeedfestival.com. You're not going to throw out all the Canadians during 4th of July, though, are you? <laughs> no. No, we, we usually let them, like, just as long as they keep a low profile, yeah. we're okay with that. Yeah. As long as they're true Canadians, we're okay with that. Well, listen, Luke, Zach, thanks for coming on The Antidote. I really appreciate what you're trying to put together, and uh, good luck with the festival. All right. Thanks a lot. We're glad to be here. Thanks for having us on.